Welcome back to another podcast of plumbing secrets and other political trappings. Today, season two, episode six, entitled, It's Alive! Oh my God, it's mold. Run, run. All right. A quick shout out to Harris Plumbing, and of course, a famous composer and writer of the Harris Plumbing theme song, Bill West. Yes. Okay. Before we get started, a couple questions came through on email, and just to remind you, uh, if you have ever any questions which a lot of people seem to have, send it to edharris at harrisplumbing.net. That's edharris at harrisplumbing.net. A couple reminders based on some questions that came in before we dive into mold. Is the aerator stoppage. The aerator is that little thing that's on the end of your faucet. Okay, not your tub and shower. Okay, that this is the kitchen faucet or your bathroom faucet or the laundry tub faucet. There should be a little piece in the very end. Most of them have a fairly standard size aerator. Now, under normal conditions, they unscrew. A lot of times just by hand. Okay, dry your hand off, grab a hold of it, it'll turn and come off. Uh, when they have bitten the dust, when they've died, when they're no longer viable, a lot of times you have to use a pair of pliers to get them off, uh, channel locks, whatever. And they do come in some different sizes, but they're 80% probably are all the same size. Uh, they sell just about everywhere a universal aerator. Your plumber usually has a couple sizes on their trucker van. But the big trick here is to know if, if it's the aerator. If everything's working in the house, right? No, nothing, no problems. Hot and cold's coming out everywhere. Just this one faucet, right? Um, it's most likely the aerator if you turn the cold on and very little comes out or it's a strange stream of water and you turn the hot on and it's the same thing. And you turn them both on at the same time, and it's the same thing. Usually that's your aerator. Usually it's not the faucet. So just a little tip to know that just unscrewing that thing and tapping out the uh, on the sink or a paper towel, if you really want to look at the stuff that's in there, uh, you can get usually the debris out. Turn the faucet on ever so slightly. Let a little bit of water run. Maybe wash off the aerator. Turn it back off and screw the aerator back on. The same way you took it off. Um, usually there'll be a little rubber ring. Uh, it's not really a washer, but it's kind of like a washer. Uh, it's not really an O-ring either. Um, try that before you call a plumber. Um, and, and see if that's all it is. And, uh, but it's, it's one of those things, you know, the, what's the NBC chime, the thing about, you know, things you should know. Uh, anyhow, 
you will have people out there that tell you you need a new faucet. Oh, your faucet's ruined. When all it was is a $5 aerator. Uh, the other little thing I want to hit on is the famous hose bib leak. Okay. Um, outside hot, you know, faucets, they leak. They do. They're in the sun, they're in the elements, and they can start to leak. If you have one of those lovely Y connectors, or six of them all wide together, so you can have 19 hoses coming off of it. That's great. That's your business. I get it. Um, no judgment, okay? I'm going to laugh a little at you, but no judgment. Um, the problem is you don't know if your hose bib leaks because you, you've got all these things hooked to it all the time. And if you leave a hose connected to your hose bib, and it's leaking, it will get to full pressure eventually. It may take it six hours or two days, but it will get to full pressure. And when it does, it eventually will break your hose. I don't care what they said on the television from the salesperson that you saw this and went down to Walgreens and bought it. Okay, uh, as seen on TV, doesn't matter. Water will destroy it eventually. Um, so the best way to know is to either, if you're going to have one of those Y fittings on there, leave it on. But take the hoses off occasionally and leave the little things in the open position. And um, if you've got to know right that second, oh, I want to double check it right then, hey, the Y thing is actually handy because you can turn both of them off, stand there for about 60 seconds, and then turn one of them on. And if your hose bib is in fact leaking, you'll get a little squirt of water. And then you won't get anything. And if you stand there for a moment, you might see a little tiny drip every once in a while. It's such a small chamber up inside there, it only takes a few moments for it to build up pressure. So it's a quick way to tell your hose bib is leaking without standing there staring at it. Uh, but if you have all these hoses connected with all these 16 Y's all connected one after another, you're not going to know. Okay, so you got to check that occasionally. Um, of course, the obvious thing is if you go out of town and your water's on and one of those bursts, you know, the hose that goes over to the bed that nobody can see from the street and it runs at full blast the whole week you're gone off skiing or whatever you're doing, uh, you come back to a, you know, $2,200 water bill. That's not cool. Lastly, uh, and, and this is the, this is the lead in for this whole thing on mold. Don't ignore your bathroom fan. Okay. It is an integral part of your plumbing system, believe it or not. Bathroom fans are not just for farts. Okay. Um, yes. That's a big thing. It's a big item, you know, clearing out the air so it doesn't smell in your bathroom. But it also clears out the, the humidity, the water vapor, steam, and helps the bathroom literally dry out. Which leads us into our big topic today, which is mold. Okay. Three very important things, okay? And, and if you want to write this down, it's not the worst idea in the world. What does it take 
to have it. And the, and these three things are these rules. These three rules are very important. One, water source. Mold needs a little water, whether it's water vapor, steam, uh, moisture in the air, humidity, or just straight out of your tap, or or uh, drain pipes, uh, or rainwater dripping down somewhere. It needs a water source. Two, it needs somewhere to grow. Most molds don't like the sun. Aside from that, mold pretty much likes everything else. So uh, uh, somewhere to grow is very important, but it's kind of everywhere. Uh, and three, refer back to rule number one and two and repeat. No, you didn't have to write this down. Okay, sorry if you did. Hopefully you didn't. Hopefully you're just driving and listening to a podcast. But if you did, I'm sorry. But that's how simple it is. And and, and not, not to just throw the podcast under the bus here, but, you know, for those of you out there that actually will give that a second thought and think about it and go, well, that may be a little deeper than it sounds. Yeah. Yeah, so so the planet surface has water everywhere and mold grows pretty much everywhere except in the sun, but even there's some molds that will grow in the sun. Um, what are you going to do? That's the end of the conversation, right? Well, it's not. But accepting that seems to be the hardest thing for people. And we have this industry mold removal, mold remediation. Don't you love that? Remediation. Got that in their name. And it'll, you know, the the names vary from everything that has always been so very unimaginable. ABC mold remediation. It, it, It is a billion dollar year industry. Now, I am not saying by any means that there's not mold out there. I've Contraire, you've heard me say from the start of this podcast, yes, and that's the thing. It is everywhere. And uh, there are instances where mold has taken, not meaning for this to rhyme, has taken hold in such a manner in a dwelling that there has to be some stuff removed just to kind of start over. That can happen, yes. It absolutely can. Um, most of your molds, though, that we're talking about, okay, uh, uh, the, the, the household variety version, okay, which is about everywhere, and, and we'll get to that in a second again, um, you don't need to eradicate your entire house, okay? A lot of things, if you just fix the problem, the mold will go away. It needs its water source. And if it can't get its water source anymore, uh, and it's you know not readily available, unless it has overrun your home, which can happen, that surely can. Uh, you know, it it there are instances where that happens, but you're you're never ever going to get rid of all the mold in your house. There's always going to be some somewhere. In the air conditioning vents, or uh, if your if your house is off the ground, it'll be up underneath the house somewhere. Um, 
in most of your bathrooms. Something to realize now, okay? Most of your basic designs that are in your bathrooms right now, right now today, most of you listening to this podcast have a bathroom that is by far not mold-proof. Now, there is no such thing as mold-proof. But we're talking like, you know, on the scale of 0 to 100, 100 being absolutely mold-proof, yours is down, you know, like 10, okay? Now, the the better homes or the more advanced design systems and things, don't feel bad because they're only at like 20, okay? There, there is no such thing. Um, you can get mold, and, and let me finish that real quick with a, something to make you feel a little better. Nine out of 10 houses have mold. Dwellings, rather, dwellings have mold somewhere in their home. And the 10th one that doesn't have it right now will have it within 10 years. At some point, it'll have mold. When you turn the clock back and you go all the way back to when there were just like single-celled organisms that had not begun to divide cells yet. Well, as soon as they started dividing cells, shortly after that, we had mold. Okay, we have coexisted with viruses and bacteria and mold and fungi and all these things since cells started dividing. Okay, um, that goes back a ways. So knowing that it's everywhere and there is, you are not going to eradicate it, uh, but you can mitigate it. Okay, I would actually appreciate it if some of these mold companies use the word mitigation more than they used some of their little advertisements. Uh, and, and these guys are known, there are plenty of them around that will come to your house and tell you, we got to tear everything out. Well, you immediately need a second recommendation. And I would strongly recommend you call your plumber first before you call another mold company, because they're probably going to tell you the same thing. Call your plumber, see what the problem is. If the problem is not plumbing and it's roofing, call your roofer, talk to them. We, we all go to school for this. We, we all get continuing education on all these topics. And if you're in business for more than 10 years, you, you know, you've run into multiple scenarios and you're very familiar with this. Uh, if Not picking on anybody in some of the more centralized states in our country. But the majority of people all live within like 50 miles of water, okay? Uh, either the Atlantic, the Pacific, the Gulf of Mexico, massive lakes. I mean, if you draw the circle, it's, you would, it's not really a circle. But if you started at the top of our country, let's just take America, for example. You start with Chicago, okay? And then you, you draw your line, go on over to Maine. Well, there's water all over the place through there, okay? Tons of water, the Great Lakes, all of that, all right? And then, then you're at the Atlantic Ocean. Now you go down. You go down all the way around Florida, all the Gulf states, zigging, zagging up and down around Texas where it sticks out, and then you stop. And then you jump over to the uh, lowest part of California, and you draw your line all the way up to Washington State. And then you start thinking about, well, who lives there? Well, just about everybody, <laughs> okay? That encompasses a massive amount of people, which is the 
the majority of dwellings. So it goes without saying, yeah, there's mold in all those places. Okay, there's mold in those dwellings. It's all over. Um, and But it's all over every state. Uh, it, you know, again, it needs what? Water and somewhere to grow. Um, you know, it, it mold is not your friend, but also it's not your enemy. And it's, it's actually not that hard to coexist. Um, some of the basic things that you need to understand when you're dealing with this. So you're not forking out tens of thousands of dollars to some mold remediation company that you really don't need them. Uh, that that's not the case that, you know, again, get a second opinion. Talk to your plumber. If this is originating from a bathroom, find out what's going on. What do we need to tear out? What, where, where do we need to deal with this? Uh, one of the most common scenarios, and, and we're going to deal with the, because uh, they're, they're very different from each other. Um, one of the common ones is the tub, tub area. You have three walls around the tub, and it's quite simple. You have some type of material that's been attached to uh, the, the studs. And then tile is attached to that. Okay. If that material is more on the modern side and it's made of hardy board, okay, uh, and the tile is installed properly, um, then, then you're pretty good to go. And the reason why, hardy board which is used for flooring also, it's the substrate, it's underneath the pretty stuff. You could take a piece of hardy board, you know, a three by five sheet of that thing and throw it in a swimming pool, come back 10 years later, break it open, it'll be dry on the inside, okay? So good stuff, right? Good stuff, it's a cementuous type product, very dense, um, and understand there's no such thing as 100% water permeable, no. Everything's permeable. There is nothing that is not permeable. Solid titanium steel has some permeability to it. Um, so this is what you've got that works. If you've got hardy board up there and you've got uh, your tile installed properly, which we'll come back to. What a lot of you have, though, is concrete board. It's not hardy board. It's filled with little styrofoam bubbles. There's gaps throughout it. Uh, when you run a screw through it, it cracks it all around that spot. So there's, there's, you know, a breaking down, a breaching, if you will. Um, or you might have green board, or even worse, just plain old sheetrock back there. And uh, green board resists water, but that's kind of like, you know, there's no such thing as being slip proof. They'll, they'll tell you it's it's kind of a bit of a, a joke. It's uh, They'll say, no, it's not slip-proof. It's slip-resistant. You can still fall, but it doesn't want you to. It's an old joke of my friend Pete Thompson. Um, he was in coatings. It's true, though. It, it, it's, it, it uh, uh, is water-resistant, but that's it it's still going to get saturated and it's still going to grow mold in it. Um, and tile is put on 
And, and that's the part that all of you see. And you think, oh, tile, that's tile. It's, oh, all that, that finish, it's so nice. Yeah, water isn't going through the tile. Water is going around the tile through the grout. And if it's working properly, and this is a big kicker for tubs, okay? Uh, uh, water goes through the grout. Gravity pulls it down in between the tile and whatever that substrate back there is, and then it seeps into the tub. If you've ever seen a tub that's not installed, it has a lip that goes all the way around it. And that substrate is supposed to attach to the wall and come inside of that area. Not sit on top of it, it comes inside of that area. Doesn't have to come all the way down, but it does need to be just inside of it. And the reason for that is so gravity will pull the water down and it will just slowly ooze out. And when I say ooze, it's nothing you'll see. It, it can be just vapor uh, or just small droplets of water that won't even stain anything. Uh, now, what interrupts that? A poor substrate. So water isn't coming down. It's just saturating and it's dripping down behind the tub. Improper installation, such as... Uh, not putting the substrate down inside that lip. Uh, and another huge one is where your tile guy or the guy that's doing your tile, guy or gal, has decided not to grout in along the base of the tub. They run a bead of caulk. Why do they do this? Because they think it looks nicer. They also know that it will stick to the tub and to the bottom of the tile. And they think that that's the end all when it's really not. If the tub is installed properly, it's not going to move. Okay. Now, all houses move a little bit, some more than others, but it's minute. And yes, can you get some cracking in the grout? Sure you can, but it's not really a big deal to feel, fill in the little crack in the grout uh, and keep it fresh. It's, it's just not. And you want grout at the bottom because you want the water to be able to escape. So when the brilliant genius of a tile person takes caulk and runs it all the way around the tub, uh, they've just sealed up the way that water can get out. And now you are purposely trapping Lake Tahoe behind your tile and growing mold. Um, you've, given it, you've given it the perfect place to grow. Now, there's two types of ways, basically, to put tile on. There's a million different mastics, but there's two basic ways to put tile on. You can completely smear the wall and the piece of tile so there's no air gaps whatsoever. Wow. Um, that was interesting. Um... You're like trying to figure out what's causing the thing to go off. So you can either smear it on the back of the tile and on the wall and then smash it in there, clean off the excess and go to your next tile. Or the other way is you can put a type of glue mastic. That can be a bunch of different things uh, on the back of the tile, maybe a little bit on the substrate and press it into it. And it may or may not have some air gaps there. doesn't really matter. The material that you're using is not uh, 
affected by water. In other words, it won't re-emulsify. It won't just get loose later. No, it's going to dry and get rock hard, and you'll have to break the tile or, or you know, in, if you're really lucky, somehow pry it off. Um, I just doesn't happen. You know, you always are breaking the tiles when you want to get them off. Um, now, I kind of like the 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 glue on one, the, the mastic one personally. I like there to be channels, rapid channels for the water to get down and let gravity do its job. But both ways are legal and both ways work. Um, now, what's different in the shower? The shower has basically the same principle. Instead of that lip around the tub, the shower has a pan that is actually sloped toward the drain. So uh, just like the tub, water comes down the walls, same method, same way. It goes underneath the tile that you're standing on into the pan, goes over to the drain, which has little holes in it, and exits the building. When it cannot do this, you have created two of the most perfect places on the planet to grow mold. And remember our principles, our rules at the beginning. What does mold need? And, and the fact that mold is everywhere. You're bringing it in all the time. It's floating around all the time. It's everywhere. So now you've given it a home. So as soon as mold finds this home and starts growing, it will grow uncontrollably. Okay, if you give it enough time, if you ignore it, um, those black marks at the base of your tile um, where the tub meets the shower, well, there's mold back there. You know, you've got to cut off the water source. If, if, if you have effectively cut off the water source, you won't see that black anymore, okay? Um, or it'll be extremely reduced. Um, the uh, shower, so many shower pans out there. I've had a podcast on this. Go back and find it, listen to it. it, it it's crazy. Uh, the amount of shower pans that are screwed up across our country and they're everywhere. So we're, we're, we provided the mold with this perfect home. It is like a laboratory for mold. Okay. Well, it's just going to steadily grow back in the wall and keep, it will keep trying to come out between the grout and cause it's greedy. It wants water. If it could hold its little face underneath the shower head and guzzle the water coming down, it would. Okay. Uh, you know, picture some cartoon monster. It would do that if it could. So its whole existence is trying to get closer to the water source and get more of the water source. Uh, in some ways, it's not that much different from our existence. You know, we live very close to water and we have to have water to survive. Well, so does mold. Um, and, and mold is a necessary evil in our in our world. Uh, it's it's needed. It's not something to eradicate, but it is something to control in your own home. Um, the companies that come in will use some will use very advanced machinery that that actually is able to. Uh, detect parts per million, um, 
you know, the density levels of, of foam. And then you'll have, and I know this dates me by saying the word Radio Shack. Then you'll have somebody that comes in with something that looks like it came out of Radio Shack that the needle moves when he pushes a button. Okay. And he holds it up to the wall and pushes the button and says, oh God, there's a lot of mold back here. And you know, the insurance is com the insurance company's paying him or her. So a lot of people don't fight it or doubt it or, or, or get into all that. But it is extraordinary, extraordinarily disruptive when your three rooms are gutted, okay? And all the sheetrock comes out. Um, now, now, we're going to do a, another podcast, uh, like the second half of mold. But I, I did want to cover in this one what the two greatest areas were and, and why and how that happens and what you need to look for and the questions that you need to ask, like, why, what, what, why are you saying I need this and get that second opinion? Because if, if your insurance doesn't cover it, I mean, you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars that you may not need to spend. Uh, so it's important to be careful. So this episode six is, is going to be the, the, you know, the beginning of the mold and episode seven will be our, how we're dealing with the mold issue. What do we do now that we've discovered it and how much damage has this done? And, uh, is it, is it harming me? You know, these are all real good questions and we've got the answers for you. If you have any questions, feel free to email me, Ed Harris, harrisplumbing.net. And we will get the episode seven, how to deal with the scary mold out uh, as soon as possible. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. And remember, hey, what do I know? I'm just a plumber. You guys take care. Be safe. And we'll see you next time.